Hello, and welcome to This One Good Life podcast, where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram. And I'm Bryant Johnson, and uh, we're so glad that you've chosen to join us again today. On today's episode, we are going to slow down and explore the idea and practice of, of self-awareness and, and knowing who we are mm. um, as a part of... Uh, I mean, and really, the the biggest part as uh, part of what we do, yeah, um, and how we go about our lives, yep. Um, so it's it's a huge component. We talk a lot, Stephen, about um, practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk a lot about action, um, and and maybe taking new or different actions, right? Um, and so this uh, this is gonna uh, kind of change our conversation a little bit to kind of dive deeper into who we are, yeah. Um, as uh, as the kind of conduit. Um, or the, I'm looking for the word, but the thing that sparks um, the actions in our lives. So, yeah, so much of, I mean, so much of what we try to do on the show is to give, um, give the audience some, uh, some real takeaways, you know, some real tangibles, uh, to, to walk away with some things you can start doing today or tomorrow. And, and of course we'll do that here, but, but this, this is more, this is what we call inner work, right? This is, this is work that you're not necessarily doing with your hands, this isn't a. Uh, this isn't something that you can go buy a book, read it, and then you're 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 changed, right? Um, because this is, you know, th- one of the things I think that's so important about self awareness, that's so different than pretty much anything else we do, is self awareness is based on knowledge, but it's not knowledge, right? We mm. can read books and learn and and learn all these facts and all these ideas, but self awareness. Uh, takes, yes, learning, but then you have to go inside and you have to learn yourself, which that, I, I believe, that is the most difficult thing to learn. Um, self-awareness, uh, the practice of self-awareness is, um, is, is this work where you have to begin to strip away the layers uh, of the ego that have been built up over years and years and years of, of pleasing others over um, reward and punishment and, 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 you know, just trying to lubricate the sort of um, uh, stresses and um, uh, rough areas of life. Uh, we, we build up this, this self, uh, and, and the truth of the matter is what we know is that's not our real self. Uh, we've we've built up this image, um, and and this practice of self awareness is stripping those layers away and getting down to the core of who we are, and finding the real reasons why we do the things we do. Um, you know, one of the things that separates us from from animals. You know, I've I've got my dog in there, uh, Ruby, and Ruby is an awesome dog. But one of the things that separates Ruby and I is that when I get excited, I don't just wag my tail uncontrollably, right? I don't jump up and down. Well, sometimes you, I do. You do it very intentionally. <laughs> that's right. That's saying. right. That's right. <laughs> but there, there, there's a level of self-awareness, right? That, that the way our brains have developed, the way our brains have evolved, there's a level of self-awareness that most of us have accomplished that we know how to, what we call it, we, we say we, we know how to control our emotions, right? And that's a, that's a really baseline, kind of basic level understanding of self-awareness. Um, so 
this idea of self-awareness being self, uh, the, the self-aware mind versus the reactive self or the reactive mind uh, is, is part of what differentiates us from animals. The problem is a lot of us uh, either are very content with sort of a, a baseline separation or we don't know or understand that that's a muscle, the self-awareness muscle as a muscle that we uh, can and should continue to work and grow um, because the, I believe the deeper level of self-understanding that we have, the better we can be, the happier we can be, and the more, um, the more present we can be in our world. So let me say two things. Um, I think... I think we have the skills to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think most of us know how to do this work really, really well. Okay. <laughs> because um, we are adept at scrutinizing others. Oh, sure. We're, right? Like, <laughs> right. we're adept at right. looking at somebody else's actions and knowing the impact yeah. that that has on, on the people around us. Uh, right. Sometimes the impact it has on us. We're adept at um, kind of seeing those actions yep. and even have an understanding of that person yeah. um, to know why they're why they acted or responded or yep. or you know said that thing. Um, I, I think we just have not practiced it with ourselves. Yes, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. And so in the second kind of point that, that really stirs for me is, is we actually defend not doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We say things like, Oh, that's just who I am. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm just going to do me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like some like, <laughs> I'm just going to be my authentic self. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do you, which you do you, <laughs> I, I, I'll do me. Um, which always, I, I, gosh, those phrases, I think every time they're used or some other form of them, every, every single time they're used, mm-hmm. they're in defense of yeah. some action or statement that has hurt the feelings or hurt um, somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's had a negative impact on, on somebody else. Um, and for whatever reason, and, and I don't know, I, I can speak for myself, um, sometimes it's scary, right, to yeah. have that same level of scrutiny of ourselves. Um, and it's harder, um, to do something, to do something about it. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I personally have these own realizations of like, Oh my gosh, there's that thing that's bubbling up again. And, mm-hmm. and you'll talk about the, the, the triangle here in a little bit. Um, I think I know where I sit on that. Uh, <laughs> and, and that kind of stirs up. I'm like, Oh my gosh, here it is again. Um, yeah. why didn't I stay faithful to the change I said I was going to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. I, you, you said, you said the word, it's scary. Um, this work is really scary work because once you start digging around, you don't know what you're going to find. And, and, and I think that's what, that's, what's really fear. It's easy to go digging through other people's dirty laundry, right? It's easy to go. It's, it's exciting to go digging Absolutely. around other people's stuff. But as soon as you open up your closet and you start digging around in there, there's, Part of it is you don't know what you're going to find, and part of it is you do know what you're going to find, and that might scare you even more. Um, because we all have our stuff, right? We all have our stuff, and the self, you know, practicing self awareness is is 
not getting rid of that stuff, but recognizing that stuff, right? Um, uh, I, I, using myself as an example, I've been so grumpy over the past couple weeks. I've just been grumpy. I've been grumpy with my kids. I've been grumpy just around the house. Um, and, and I'm just, I've just been down. Uh, I've just been kind of down over the past couple weeks. And, um, there, there are a number of reasons that the, the, as I'm practicing self-awareness, I realize the number one reason is, is because I've not been intellectually stimulated, uh, uh, very much in the past couple weeks. And I, I realize that when I don't use my brain, my brain gets really grumpy. Uh, it's, it's so interesting. Uh, so, uh, actually the, the times when I've been, when I've come off being the happiest is after we record a podcast or after I write <laughs> something because my brain was stimulated. I started work back yesterday and all of a sudden my mood was so much better. Right. Yeah. So now here's the thing. It, it's taken a lot of years of, of practicing self-awareness to get to that m- microscopic level of depth in my life. Right. But before I, I, I started practicing this idea of self-awareness and really analyzing, okay, Stephen, you're not just grumpy. What, what's going on here? And, and starting to kind of experiment and do sort of scientific method with it. Um, I would just blame other people. Right. I would say, well, the kids are, you know, the kids are making a mess everywhere and the kids were making a mess. Right. But that's not why I was grumpy. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's seasonal depression. Everything's dark outside. It's raining. You know, we, we will blame all these external things instead of going deep into ourself and go, okay, that's those, those may be contributing factors, but there's something else at the root of this. Um, and so, uh, part of self-awareness is admitting uh, that the most of the time, the thing that we blame whatever on is not really the thing, right? There's yeah. a core, there's yeah. a kernel uh, that's causing, that's causing it's, it's the, the, what is it? Uh, the, the P under the mattress. What you remember that old, the old story. Yeah. Yeah. I, Princess P or whatever. I don't know. It's, that's what she was on that show for kids. I can't think of it. <laughs> anyways, I'll probably edit this out. Um, but anyways, there's that, there's that little thing that's causing all the other things. Right. And self-awareness is a tool, uh, that allows us to, 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 to dive in and, and to start to, to figure those, those things out and we'll never become fully self-aware. Right. Yeah. It's, we're, yeah. we're always just practicing. Um, practicing and trying to become more self-aware. Well, we're evolving. We're changing yeah. uh, constantly. Yep. Um, and, and there's probably some underlying things to who we are, but um, we're constantly changing. We're constantly evolving. Um, every day we're becoming new people. Yeah. Um, physically. Yep. Uh, you know, our skin is shedding and, and re, uh, re, regrowing. Yeah. Re, yeah. Not... Regenerating. Regurgi- regenerating, regenerating. Yeah, that is different than regurgitating, which yes. is what I was thinking of. <laughs> you have um, a t- you have a tiny baby. I, we, you, <laughs> your mind's on regurgitation right now. <laughs> so, I, right, like, but even um, our personalities yeah. are are always evolving. That's right. Um, the things that give us joy, the things that are frustrating, um, those those things are are constantly changing as well. So, um, it's so uh, so crucial to be aware of that. Um, and it's, it sounds silly, right? Like you get a splinter in your finger. We know mm. what happens if you leave it there. That's right. Um, it gets pussy. It yep. festers. Yep. Um, eventually the skin will grow over that splinter. Yeah. That's right. Um, and yet it will still continue to irritate you. Yep. And, and if, at some point, um, you're either going to learn to deal with the irritation or you're going to pick it out. Yeah. Um, 
think more often than not, we pick it out. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but why, 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 uh, with the challenges we, we see in our life or the things that are bothering us, like, like you were saying, um, do we sometimes just uh, put it in the closet, close mm-hmm. the door mm-hmm. and leave it there? Yeah. Um, knowing that it's going to fester. Yeah. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and yet rather than, uh, I don't know, take some steps to make a change. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of leave it sitting there. Um, and you know, until it explodes, uh, you know, yeah. For me, it, growing up as a kid, I always got angry until till I just exploded in yeah. you know three or four days, um, and then suddenly, boom, it all comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would feel better. That's right. uh, <laughs> no one else would feel good. There's carnage uh, all around, that, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like with things like that, we just kind of let it let it sit rather yeah. than do something about it. I, the physical side totally makes sense. Everybody gets it, I think. Mm-hmm. But then when we talk about personal yeah. stuff, yep. uh, you know, oh, I'm going to just do me, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> you, you be you, Brian. You be you. No, it, 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 it's it's right. And, and the thing about it is, you know, I've, I've got 38 years of, of, of stuff, some of which I remember getting the splinter, and I remember it festering. I remember maybe pulling it out. Others, I didn't even, I don't even realize that this thing is affecting me until I start digging, right? And 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 then you go, oh my gosh, that's the reason why I've been doing that for the past twenty-seven years. That's, <laughs> you know, it it takes that. But again, it's scary work to do that because then, you know, it's easy to be ignorant about ourselves. Um, we are always the standard, and I've, I think I've said this before on the show, but emotionally, preference, everything, we all have the tendency to see ourselves as the standard and everyone else is judged based on that standard. I like to eat dinner early. I like for my kids to go to bed, you know, by 7.30 or 8.15 at night. I like to get up and drink, you know, and all those things are the standard because it's what I do. And then I will judge people uh, based on where they are according to my standard. Well, that, that when we start to do this practice of self-awareness, we're, we're not just examining and digging deep. We're questioning our own standard. And that's a, really, that's a really scary place to go, especially the older you get. Uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I have always loved, uh, one of the reasons why I've, I've been attracted to youth ministry uh, and loved mm. youth ministry for so long because kids, teenagers were not so entrenched that their standard couldn't be challenged, um, that their mind couldn't be changed, that they, that they, 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 they were still growing and developing those things. Whereas when we get to our, you know, probably mid twenties, we really lock in most of our stuff, Right. We, we develop our standards and go, okay, this is what constitutes normal. Um, uh, and then once you do that, that's a really hard thing to do because you begin to build your life based on that understanding of what is your standard, on what your expectation for life is, what your, um, what, what your quality of life is, right? This is what I expect in my life. And so when you lock that in, to change that is a very scary thing because, you, you know, it could potentially debase some really foundational things that you thought you've set up in your life. 
Um, and so I think the older you get, the more difficult this work is. Yeah, yeah. Part of it is um, realizing that um, what's best for you and what my preference is are not the same thing. That's right. Yeah. Um, I have preferences for uh, when I wake up, what time I eat, what I do in the morning, what my rhythm is, what my routines are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and some of those impact Im- impact me, right? Um, yeah. Like I, gosh, since probably eighth grade, um, I have exercised three or four times a week uh-huh. in some form. And, and part of it is, um, you know, you, we could get into a chicken and egg argument, but, um, <laughs> I, I now I have to exert, exert myself mm-hmm. in some form. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that physical exertion, I, I, I feel better. Yeah. Um, I feel better. Right. Um, and yeah, exercise is good for our health. Um, it keeps us a healthy beings. It gets our blood flowing, all that sort of stuff. But um, the way that impacts me, I, I could not look look to you, Stephen, and say uh, you need to do the same thing because you'll have the exact same results. Yeah. Um, my preference for exercise and uh, when I exercise or her frequency of that um, is because of the impact it has on me. Right. And I I think part of what we're saying is the realization of what your preferences are. Um, and the changes um, that that those may or may not require in our own lives mm-hmm. um, cannot be judged based on what other people do. Um, That's right. There, there are similarities, um, and we could, you know, let's talk about for, forgiveness for a minute. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a universal thing that everybody kind of wrestles with and struggles with, um, and we know that forgiveness is a healthy practice, not just for the relationship with the other person. Um, but it's a healthy practice for ourself. Um, and we become healthier people, um, by forgiving, mm-hmm. um, uh, others in our lives. So there's similarities in that, that, you know, if I watch how you forgive somebody else and, and you benefit from that, mm-hmm. um, either the relationship is renewed or you've let go of the own kind of torture, right. Uh, that gets self-inflicted. Uh, right. when we don't forgive there's similarities in that but how we go about that what that looks like the depth of the impact um there is some individuality to that and we have to figure out like with forgiveness um why that's challenging for me mm-hmm. to do yeah why i struggle um to forgive somebody else or what what kind of triggers that to be a smooth process to forgive mm-hmm. somebody? Mm-hmm. Is it is it because they've requested it and then mm-hmm. I've offered it, mm-hmm. or is it because um, you know I, I just struggle to offer that to anybody because the wounds, yeah, are are so yeah. deep. Um, so I think there's similarities um, in recognizing what our preference is and the impact it has, mm-hmm. um, but there's still an individualistic uh, side to all of that that. One requires us to do the work. Yep, yep that's right. <laughs> and and why or how the work um, is uh, impacted in our own lives is always going to be different. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you hit on a really good point there. Um, uh, just when you were talking about forgiveness, um, you know, m- most of the time, I know for me at least, the things that are most difficult for me to forgive uh, are the things I'm struggling with myself. Um, uh, you know, and, and, uh, it's, I, this, this might, might be a road we don't need to go down. Um, 
but I'm going to go down it and then we'll decide whether uh, to edit it out or not. It's so interesting. A lot of times the people who are the, the most vocally against something, the most anti-whatever, you find out years, months, whatever, after they've died, that that was their number one struggle. Yeah. And so they are most you know, vehemently against it, but it's because it is, it, it's, it's their own battle, right? That they're, that they're having to, to fight. It's their own whatever. And, and again, it's that, it's just that level of lack of self-awareness where if, uh, if we just took the time to examine the life and, and, and it's not what something you can do one time. You're talking about, we're always evolving. It's not something you can just do one time. It's something you have to constantly do. Um, it's, it's a, and and not just like you wake up and go, okay, I'm going to examine my life today, but in each situation, um, you've got to, you got to spend time saying, okay, I'm feeling this way. Here's my primal kind of initial feeling about this, my emotion about this. Okay. Now I'm going to take a step back from that emotion, from that feeling, from, from that initial urge. Don't ignore it because it tells you something too, right? But I'm going to take a step back from that and be a little more reflective, try to get above the situation, whatever it is, and try to observe it a little more objectively and say, okay, why is it bringing that emotion? What has brought that emotion out in me before? Why is it coming out now in this particular way as opposed to last time I experienced it in this other way? Um, and that just that just takes a lot of work. And you know what? It's just way more fun just to get really mad and yell. <laughs> because <laughs> you have that release and you're like yeah i'm i'm you know I, I i'm in the right here and and um so it's harder work which is probably why i think less people do it <laughs> yeah 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 it is and it you know we use the word all the time it's intentional it yeah takes a lot of work it takes focus um if we're not focused on the on that thing uh tomorrow will come and yeah. uh and we'll forget Right, yeah. and we'll be back into the same same old thing. Um, there's there's a quote uh, from Plato, and mm-hmm. if I get the story right, uh, you guys can can Google the story afterwards. But um, he was uh, one of his quotes was "Know thyself." Yep. Um, and that came out of a conversation in which I, I think what was happening is he was being asked to explain. Um, mythology, or what we would call Greek mythology. Yeah, he pro- he probably just called mythology. I would believe. <laughs> and and uh, rather than taking time to explain this thing, um, he said, uh, "Know thyself." And I think what he was getting at it was it's more important for him to understand who he was than to understand how some other thing could dictate. Um, how he would live his life or mm-hmm. his experience with the world around him. And he felt that it was more important for him to understand who he was in relationship to the world around him than some other things relationship to the world around him. Um, so we'll find that quote. Uh, and maybe that's a challenge. Google the story, Google the quote and uh, see if I've got it, got my, uh, my memory correct there. But, but I think that's what was going on. Well, it's, it's interesting that you put that quote. So if, 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 I'm sure people don't know how Brian and I do this podcast, but um, we have a, a common kind of note sheet uh, that we work from. So we type all our notes into it into a Google Doc, and we um, 
uh, we work from that. And uh, when I saw that you had that quote on there, I, I got really excited, right? Know thyself. Um, because if you actually look, um, I'll show you on the screen here, Bryant. Do you see that? It says, note seotan. <laughs> and and note seotan uh, is the Greek for know thyself. Um, it's, it's funny uh, because... Uh, that phrase, uh, note seotan, is actually uh, written, carved into uh, one of the, uh, the temple of Apollo at Delphi. Um, and so this is something these philosophers would have seen really regularly, right? This is an important phrase in the world, but it's carved uh, on the temple at, at, uh, of Apollo at Delphi. And uh, uh, Socrates later actually talked about it, and he said the unexamined life is not worth living. Um, mm. And so he he just he built on that. But this idea of knowing the, thyself uh, is so deeply rooted in sort of this Greek culture, this philosophical culture. So they got it. This isn't some kind, you know, a lot of times people will, you know, self-awareness and this idea of awareness and consciousness, people are like, oh, that's, that's that new age stuff. No idiot. It's, it's <laughs> thousands of years old and the smartest of the smartest people, the ones who are foundations of our society are built upon, were asking these questions and they didn't figure it out. And we're still trying to figure it out. And then it just means that it's a journey worth taking, Right. Um, but I was really excited when I saw that know thyself. And if you want to take it back biblical, um, Jesus said the same thing. Um, he said it in some different words. But he said, you know, when, when we get the, um, uh, the, the, the story where Jesus says, uh, before you take the splinter out of your brother's eye, remove the plank from your own, that's, that's self-awareness. That, that is saying, look, before you are judging them, you need to look at what's going on in your own life. Um, and, 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 and examine that and take care of that business first. Uh, and then, you know, he talks all the time about, you know, do not judge lest, lest, you know, ye be judged all that good King James baloney. But he, it, it was, it was very clear, I think in his teachings, um, as well. So it's not just kind of some kind of Greek philosophy. It's not just some kind of new age. I mean, this is just, this is just good. I heard somebody the other day say, um, the wisdom tree has many branches. Uh, mm. and so you see that all throughout wisdom, uh, wisdom literature and philosophy and, um, the, all the great teachers are, are, are dealing with this idea of, uh, note seotan or, or know thyself. Uh, and it's just of course, important. <laughs> of course, when you say it's, uh, carved, uh, in the wall of the Apollo, uh, I don't. I don't know why. My first thought is the Apollo Theater in Harlem. Yeah. Well, of and, course. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's there too. I don't know. There's some wisdom come out of that place. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, there, there's a there's a tool um, that that I learned a couple of years ago um, that I've actually been employing here recently in in a situation um, uh, that I'm not necessarily a part of, but I've, I've um, I guess on the outside of. Uh, kind of looking and trying to give some some advice. Um, there's this uh, idea called the drama triangle, uh, and the drama triangle. It was, um, gosh, the idea is not that old. I think it's probably sixty. Uh, sixty. I should know this um, because I, I've um, I've studied a good bit. But the the idea, prob- I think it came about about sixty years ago. Um, I, I might be wrong about that. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, but the idea is, is that in any kind of 
conflict situation, uh, any, any situation of conflict, and this is generally where self-awareness is the most important, right? When we're in situations of high emotion or, or conflict. And uh, the, the philosophy behind it is, is that in any situation of conflict or high emotion, uh, individuals will take on one of three roles, um, and, and it's not just that they take on one role and they just, and they ride that role out until the end of the conflict, they will actually swap roles, right? Mm. So there's mm-hmm. these three roles, which is called the drama triangle that individuals will take in, in time, especially times of conflict. Uh, the first one is the rescuer. Uh, well, actually let me start with the victim. The first one's the victim. Uh, and the victim is overwhelmed by their own their own vulnerability. They don't take responsibility for for their own actions, but the, you know they're the victim. And then if there's going to be a victim, of course there has to be a persecutor, which is the the second one. Um, they're they're usually not aware of their own power, uh, and they have used it or been accused of using it to be negative or destructive. And then the third player in the drama triangle is the rescuer. And they're the one who, who will step into the situation to, to save all those involved, to stand up for the, for the oppressed, to offer help, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so what you have in these uh, situations of conflict is you have these three roles being played. And what will often happen is these roles will change. And so uh, all of a sudden, the, the one who's been quote unquote, the persecutor, while all of a sudden turn into the victim and be like, well, I guess just everybody's against me. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to be me and, and now everybody's against me. And, and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm being, you know, and they become the victim uh, in this. And then all of a sudden the victim becomes a person, you know, and, and so they're switching these roles back and forth and, and it doesn't, it, it's not solved. Um, and, and it mm. just continues to spiral. Uh, there's a flip to this called the empowerment triangle, uh, where the it's really interesting the 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 uh, the persecutor becomes the challenger, um, and and so the idea here and I'm I'm reading from one of these charts that I'll um, include in the um, in the show notes, but they uh, figure out a, a constructive way of, of getting uh, needs met uh, without being punitive without punishing without pushing uh, they call for growth in others um, and so they become a, a positive force they're still a force but they become a positive force in the situation uh, and and the victim turns into a creator so instead of things happening to them they are creating and pushing out into the world they accept their own vulnerability um, realizing they have power too so it's not they're the powerless one in the situation. They they have power and they have the ability to act and be an actor in this whole in this whole um, relationship. And then and then finally, the rescuer stops being the savior and starts being the coach. Um, how can I help you? Uh, how can I help you uh, grow in this situation? How can I help you uh, be become better in this situation? And so each of the roles. So if you find yourself in this role are in conflict, a, 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 an important self-awareness question is to ask yourself, which role am I playing at this moment? Uh, again, it's not the role you've always played, probably not the role you'll continue to play, but what role in this conflict am I playing? And then if you can identify the role you're playing, then you can flip the triangle, is the, the terminology that's used in this uh, line of thought. You can flip the triangle <coughs> 
and turn into either the coach, the creator, or the challenger um, to help move people out of the drama triangle into the uh, empowerment triangle. But you can't do any of those things if you're wrapped up in the emotion and just saying, well, they shouldn't have hurt my feelings. My feelings are hurt. I'm angry. I'm sad. We've got to, you know, uh, we, we've got to fix this thing. Uh, we, you know, they, they've got to apologize and, and I've got to have restitution. Um, it, it's a yeah, really it, helpful tool. That's what I was going to say. It, it, it's tools like this. Um, and you mentioned, we'll, we'll share it on the website. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's tools like this that make it easy to recognize where we are right. and initiate a change because this is this is not about just knowing who you are, but it's about knowing who you are and how to kind of flip that uh, on onto the other side. Um, and I see how all of this can become very uh, circular. But the fact that there's skills um, that we can practice to That's become right. better, right? And, That's right. And, and flip it over. Um, it's extremely, extremely helpful. Um, well, Stephen, uh, this, this week, uh, we posted a thing called the 12 challenge yeah. on social media. Yes. <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, and, uh, you know, as we were doing, as we were posting, I thought this is either the best idea we've ever had or the worst idea we've ever had. <laughs> I think it's, I, th- I really do. I think it's so good. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. The, the whole idea behind the 12 challenge um, is that instead of doing a, uh, just a New Year's, resol- you know, a couple of New Year's resolutions, which, you know, as we talked on last week's show, 80% of people quit their New Year's resolutions by February. We have some <laughs> theories as to why that is. Uh, one, because they're usually way too big and um, you can't really achieve them. And also because you're committing to something for 365 days a year, which how many of us actually do something on a regular basis committed to for 365 days a year anyway? I, I sleep. Yeah, I sleep. I sleep. I sleep. <laughs> Youth ministry, there were some days I didn't sleep. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, so the idea, and, and really this is Brian's idea, it's a, a brilliant idea, is that instead of making a few gigantic uh, resolutions that we may or may not stick with for 365 days. Why don't we take a more sustainable um, uh, approach that will allow us to to have small victories that will add up to large change by taking one essentially smaller resolution uh, per month for 12 months, uh, and so basically it's a it's a 30 day journey of meaningful with focusing on one meaningful and achievable goal. Uh, and so, uh, Brian and I decided to make this a challenge for the, the listening audience. Uh, you can actually, if you go to our, uh, to our website, uh, this one, forward slash the one, two challenge, uh, you will find the whole explanation there, how to start, how to go about it. And you can also on the blog this week, um, Brian and I listed, uh, listed ours, uh, how we kind of went about it and what we are uh, doing for our 12 small things. So Brian, you want to jump in and, and, and talk about yours? Cause this is yeah, also I, accountability, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And I was just thinking, Stephen, I, I'm going to, I'm going to find the one that will be the most difficult and book it for February. <laughs> That's good. Uh, February is the shortest month. That's so right. 30 days seems like too much or 31. Yep. Uh, you know, go for 28. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So I just, I don't know. When I have done smaller re- uh, resolutions, mm-hmm. they've been they've been achieved. Um, so this year I thought, what if I just pick one for every month? Yeah. Um, and and dive in just just like you were talking about. And there are things I want to do and things uh, you know I want to stop doing. Um, and uh, we, we make no judgment. Yep. On the depth or the quality of those, it's simply about here's the thing that I want to do differently, mm-hmm. and I'm going to commit to it for this month. My hunch, my personal experience, my hypotheses uh, for everyone else is that if you can do it for 30 days, you could do it. Yeah. Permanently. Yeah. Um, You're building a muscle. Exactly. So, um, so that, that's kind of the thing. Um, so uh, my first month and kind of been joking about this, but my gosh, uh, the Lowe's grocery store (laughs) bakes rustic Italian bread daily, fresh. You get it. If, if they don't have it, it'll take them about 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, to bake uh, a loaf for you. You get it. It's fresh. It's hot. It's crispy on the outside, yeah. soft on the inside. <laughs> it's full of air. You put some butter on it. Um, and and I'll just pause right there. There's no better mix <laughs> of foods than, than bread, butter, mm-hmm. and cheese. Mm-hmm. It, I don't care what the combination is. That's it, man. Bread, butter, and cheese. Do whatever you want to with it. Yep. It's Throw just the three good. in the microwave. It's good. Put it in a uh, skillet. Whatever. It's all good. So, <laughs> so since the first time, I, I've we've probably bought one or two rustic loaves a week. Uh, I've probably consumed ninety eight percent of all of it. <laughs> Poor Tanya. <laughs> no bread for so, Tanya. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Um, so January, uh, January one. I yeah. decided I'm not I'm not buying any more rustic Italian, no matter how delicious yeah. um, it is, and no matter how good it smells in the grocery store. I'm just gonna just gonna stay away from it. Um, and part of that, you know, shared a little bit before. Part of that is a no uh, kind of eating all those sort of processed flour yeah. foods, yep. um, all those white foods that are highly processed don't do my body well. Yep. Um, so if I can get get back off. The bread, yeah. Um, especially this bread, where I just—if we have it in the house, I'm going to eat it. Crack bread, um, totally, <laughs> totally. And Crack's I would be happy, too, I think, right? <laughs> happy to show you where to find it. Um, uh, yeah. So that's my January. Um, I've nice. not gone through my list and uh, divided up month by month. I think I'm going to tackle it um, kind of month by month and, mm-hmm. and set them up as we go. Um, kind of TBD as, kind of thing. Yeah, as yeah. I was as I was writing through it, um, and there's a couple that um, you know, like host a, a cul-de-sac block party. Yeah, um, we recognize. I don't know what happened, mm-hmm. uh, but New Year's Eve, there was this like deep rumbling boom in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, the ground shook, our house shook. Like wow. we felt it. Um, so we we stepped out the front door. Uh, and we noticed, uh, the two neighbors down the, the street, we live in a cul-de-sac, it's kind of short. Uh-huh. So it's two houses uh, to one side of us and two across the street. Um, the two beside us, they all popped their heads out the door. Uh, we all chatted for a little bit on New mm-hmm. Year's Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's home. Yeah. Um, and I just said to my wife, uh, why, why aren't we all hanging out? Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. so, uh, that one landed on there, but there's a few things that, uh, just are different. Um, 
they're all kind of focused on helping me take delight in the mm-hmm. world around me. Oh, that good. that was my goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there that, you go. That was your overarching kind of, I hate, this is, this is sort of overarching what I'm going to kind of focus on. Overarching. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. With mine, I took a little, a, a little bit of a different approach. I, uh, I started just write down things. And I thought, okay, what, what are things that, that I want to see, change that I want to, that I want to focus on, that I want to grow in, that I want to quit doing all, all those things. So I just, I just started a brainstorm list, you know, no judgment, no ranking, just, just brainstorming. Um, and then I realized, man, there's, there's a lot of stuff on here. Um, so I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to figure <laughs> out how to narrow this and, uh, you know, be more intentional about it. So I decided to create some I am statements, uh, that I wanted to be able to, to say, definitively on December 31st, 2019. Mm. So one year uh, from that day, I wanted to be able to say these things definitively. Um, and then I would let those statements determine what I wanted to focus on over this next year. So my, my I am statements were, I am happy. Oh no, I'm sorry. I am healthy. I am calm. I'm fulfilled in my work. I'm engaged with my family, friends, social causes and my podcast blog community and I am energized and happy. So those were my, my five I am statements. I want to be able to say definitively on December 31st, 2019. And then I knew that there were a few things that I, I, I do want to focus on over the course of the year, right? These aren't gigantic resolutions, but there are some things I wanted to kind of do. And I think, Brian, you've got a couple of these as well that, that you mm-hmm. want to do multiple times a year. So mine were I, I'm, foc- uh, I'm going to focus on one topic of study uh, or research and dive into that each month. Um, so basically each month I'm going to have one, one topic that I'm just going to read about that whole month. And I'm just going to dive into it. I'm going to read articles, books, uh, Basically, anything I can kind of get my hands on, I'm just going to try to learn as much as I can about that topic. So I'm going to be doing that over the course of the 12 months. And those topics are listed with my 12 small things. Um, as a family, we're going to make sure that we intentionally play together each week over the course of the next year. We This was something that we did last year, and I, I think it's one of the most important things we did, to be honest with you, is we just said, okay, each week we're going to, have, we're going to make sure that we're playing together. Uh, whether it's outside, board game, going to the park, a mini vacation, whatever, each week we're going to make sure we're spending time together as a family playing. Uh, and then the third kind of big overarching one is I'm, I'm committing to go on at least one date a month with my wife. Um, we've been married for 16 years. We love each other more than we ever have. And so uh, why not put some gas on that fire? So okay. um, so it's a good thing. So, But January, uh, my 30-day my goal is that I'm going to do some kind of physical activity, exercise, walking. I've been walking the dog. I never walk my dog because she, like, drags me. Uh, but she's gotten so much better at walking because I'm walking her every day. Um, and so played racquetball this morning, just some kind of physical activity, exercise, but just something that's just getting my blood going, my heart pumping, six out of seven days a week. Um and I'm going to eat 1,500 calories or below each day. That's that's my that's my kind of calorie limit, and I've been doing it. And I'm just using uh, my Fitness Pal, pretty easy app to keep up with calories on. There you go. And um, uh, just and I've used that in the past, and it's worked really well for me. And so, uh, and this month, my study is uh, I'm focusing on Scandinavian life. 
Um, as I think a lot of people know, uh, my wife and I went to Scandinavia and the Baltics this <laughs> summer, and we went there because we've studied a lot about it. Uh, I want to go even deeper into that. Uh, there are a lot of things that I really admire and want to emulate uh, in my life, and so I'm focusing on uh, you know a lot of these Scandinavian principles. And um, yeah, yeah, and so that's my that's my study uh, this month. So if you're interested uh, and you want to see mine and Bryant's. Uh, uh, 12 small things and uh, sort of look at, at, at what we're doing there. I would encourage you to, to go on the website. Uh, they're listed in the blog section. I'll also put a link to both of ours in the actual, uh, the 12 challenge page, uh, which there is this one, life.com forward slash the one, two challenge. Uh, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll put links there as well. But go in there, check it out, see if that gives you a little bit of inspiration. And like we said before, we would love for you to join us on this journey. It's not too late. You might be listening to this podcast in March and go, oh my gosh, I missed it. No, you didn't. Uh, you can pick this up any month. It doesn't have to just start in January. You can pick this up any month and jump on with us. Um, we would love to hear your your resolutions. I think a lot of the the strength in this is accountability. Uh, so if, if you want, email us uh, at info at thisonegoodlife.com. Follow us on Facebook. You can, you can post what you're going to be doing there. Uh, um, and uh, just let us know what you're doing so we can encourage you and, and um, uh, be a part of this, uh, this, uh, this 12 uh, challenge with you. Uh, also using the hashtag, hashtag the12challenge. Um, so if you want to post pictures, tag us on Instagram, Facebook, um, and hashtag that uh, as well. And we'd love to, to journey with you on this. Yeah, we definitely want to want to see your list. We definitely want to know kind of uh, what the things are that that um, that you've got that you're you're thinking about changing. If it's um, you know as small as uh, uh, you know, stopping bread, yeah. or as uh, big as playing weekly um, with your family, whatever's on your list, yeah. um, we want to we want to know what's on your list and, and see what uh, see what you're working through That's this it. year and. Uh, so, um, I think we're going to post our blogs on the Facebook uh, yeah. page as well. Yep. Um, so feel free to reply there, reply on the blog themselves, uh, use the hashtag, um, on uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, any of that kind of stuff. And, uh, it, it'll be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> and finally this week, uh, we want to dive into some of mine and Bryant's, uh, recommendations, uh, for you all. Yeah, this is a time where we share some of the good stuff we're discovering in our lives that we hope will add beauty and goodness uh, to yours. Yeah. Um, I, I've got two this week, Stephen. You've got two this week. Yeah. Uh, you want to you want to take a first run? Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, my, my my go-to is books, uh, but uh, one book is a book that you will just that you'll read and take in, and learn more about yourself through the tools that it gives you. The other book, really, in and of itself, is just a straight-up tool. Um, so the first one is uh, StrengthsFinder 2.0. StrengthsFinder was uh, developed by the Gallup, uh, the folks at Gallup. Uh, it is uh, basically the idea behind StrengthsFinder is that uh, we spend the majority of our life trying to uh, fix our deficits instead of leaning into uh, and capitalizing on our strengths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in school, I, I, I just... I've just never been good at math. And so guess what I spent all my stinking time doing? Math. 
whereas I loved literature, I loved writing, I, I, I really enjoy history, and, and I, was, I was good at those things, so I just didn't spend much time doing those. Um, and, and so Stringsfinder says we have to flip that on his head. We have to figure out the things that we are best at and then develop our jobs and our lives uh, in such a way that we spend our days doing the, the things that we are the absolute best at. And so yeah. the way Stringsfinder sets this up is there are 34 strengths that they have identified. You take this really exhaustive inventory to figure out what those top five strengths are. And then you learn about them and you start living into them. So uh, strings finder 2.0 brilliant book. I use it all the time. I'm actually going to be training uh, a team uh, in strings finder uh, two days from now. So I'm, I'm, I, I love this tool. Use it all the time. Uh, the second one is another tool that I believe deeply in and, and use all the time. And, and that's the Enneagram. Eventually, we'll do a podcast on the Enneagram, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to go all over the place. But uh, for for folks who are just starting out with the Enneagram, uh, I always recommend uh, uh, one book especially. uh, It's been out for a few years now. It's called The Road Back to You. Uh, It's by a woman named Suzanne Stabile. Uh, Suzanne is based out of Dallas. She's a master Enneagram teacher. She was actually my teacher. Um, She's the one who has taught me... uh, the majority of, of what I know about the, the Enneagram, besides my own study. Uh, brilliant, very accessible book, um, The Road Back to You by Suzanne Stabile. Uh, and the Enneagram, if you don't know what it is, it's a personality inventory that um, uh, dates back thousands of years and uh, is just an incredible way to note seotan, right? So it's an incredible <laughs> way to know thyself. Uh, so Strings Finder 2.0, an Enneagram, they, they paint you two different pictures of the same thing uh, and, and will help you understand yourself. Those two tools together will help you understand yourself in ways that you have, um, really, that you probably have never encountered. Um, so, so those are my recommendations. Uh, Brian, what about you? Yeah, one of my, um, actually, one of my 12 uh, mm-hmm. this year is to, uh, for the third time, figure out my Enneagram number <laughs> um, and remember it. Yes. This yes. is... Uh, <laughs> This is the crucial part. So yes. uh, I'll do that. And uh, yeah, I'll feel prepared for that for that episode. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I've got two things. One is just kind of for fun, um, but it is the Star Wars personality chart. Uh, I don't... I, uh, gosh, and now, Stephen, the, the name of this personality test has totally just slipped my mind. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm an INTJ. What? Oh, Myers-Briggs. Myers Briggs, thank yeah. you, thank you. I'm an INTJ, so uh, the Star Wars personality chart uh, takes your your code, your personality your Myers code, Briggs, your Myers Briggs, and puts it into a character <laughs> on uh, in Star Wars. Uh, so INTJ would find themselves as Emperor Palpatine, um, otherwise uh, known as the Mastermind. <laughs> Are you looking at the chart right now? <laughs> I am looking at the chart right I, now. I, what's the ESTJ? E ESTJ, Stephen, where where we are a pair uh, is Darth Vader, the oh supervisor. <laughs> Great, uh, awesome. So, <laughs> yeah this this chart you can find on a website called Geek and Heels. Um, uh, and geekandheels.com. Um, the chart is there. Uh, you can Google the chart and find it there as well. But it's just a fun little way. Uh, Myers-Briggs, again, is a way to, to know yourself, um, even as flawed as that, um, that might be. 
uh, fun will, little little way to discover. And next uh, week we'll uh, we'll actually be uh, changing the name of the podcast to the Empire Podcast. So um, the Empire get excited po- about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! We we need oh we can't do it. We can't play the Star Wars uh, no theme music. George bum, Lucas. Bum, George Lucas bum, will come take my bum, house. Bum, bum. Yeah, it's no good. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the mastermind, uh, Emperor Palpatine. Nice. Uh, thrilled to share that with you all and uh, recommend that to you. Uh, the link will be, of course, in the show notes. Um, the other is a book by a guy named Pete Scazzaro. For some reason, I feel like maybe I've mentioned it before, but The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Mm. Um, there's a couple Emotionally Healthy uh, books there. Um, and they all follow a, a similar flow. Um, some are geared toward leading other people and understanding. Some are geared toward yourself, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Um, it's definitely kind of a discovery in, in who we are, um, and really kind of diving into the thing we often, um, we, we just often ignore, which is our own mm-hmm. emotional health, um, in relationship with others. Um, like I said at the beginning, uh, we're really adept at evaluating others, emotional mm-hmm. health. <laughs> yep. Um, so this, uh, I've read a couple of, couple of these books. Um, they're kind of the deepest dive into really the challenge of knowing, knowing who we are and mm. knowing our family history, knowing how those things um, come into play. Um, so good. Who we are and how we express ourselves. It is also on sale on nice. Amazon right now. I make no Amazon money. I wish <laughs> I did. Um, we should but change I, that. <laughs> it was either two ninety nine or three ninety nine if you buy on the Kindle. Um, That's so, awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of Kindle reading, and I have all the books I want to read there. And uh Purchase them when they're $0.99, cents, $1.99, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> $2.99, and that one is on sale. Um, so, uh, yeah, good little tip there as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, each week, uh, we give you our best recommendations on this week's topic, and we would love to hear from you and your best recommendations uh, for the listening audience. So if you have any <laughs> recommendations, please email them to us at info at thisonegoodlife.com, and we may feature them in next week's show. That about does it for this week's show. We're so grateful that you've chosen to join us for this podcast. And as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates. The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. See you next week.